Welcome to Moonday Mystic by Modern Mystic Shop, the podcast where we help you harness your intuition, your personal power, so that you can live a magical life. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of Moon Day Mystic. I have an amazing guest for us today. Her name is Ali Raina Hoffman. She is an Akashic Records teacher and transformational coach who has held a professional practice for over 15 years. Ali works with people around the world to uncover the most powerful themes of their lives and reorient themselves as the main character of their experience, activating the gifts, freedom, and joy that is their birthright. Today, Ali and I are going to have a deep conversation about the alchemy of endings. Welcome to Moonday Mystic, Ali. How are you? I'm great. I love being here with you, Kelly. Oh, me too. Me too. So Ali and I have a history together. We, we've uh, met through a yoga community. And since that introduction, our relationship has bloomed. And it's just so wonderful to see you make your way through the world. So can I give you some compliments before we start? Oh. I'm going to like love bomb you. Yeah. What a <laughs> nice way to start these interviews. I love that. Yes. I'm going to. I'm going to love bomb you because I only have people on here that I feel interested in and I'm excited by. I have watched you over the, from afar, sometimes closer and sometimes of afar, just navigate some really tough things in life, just with a lot of grace. And you bring a sense of um, purpose and intention, it seems, from an outsider to however it is that you navigate. And I I see you as sort of like... um. I want to say a free spirit, but that's not exactly right. Like an intentional spirit that makes meaning and makes the most out of whatever's right in front of you. And I I find that to be very inspiring. And I find you to be very present and grounded and, and not the type that escapes things. So I, from that vantage point and my impression of you, I think you're the perfect person to hold the weight of the kind of conversation we're trying to have today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, you know, I think um, I think oftentimes when we're on this conscious path and, you know, spiritual path, um, what I've had to realize is it's not about controlling the moment. It's about meeting the moment. And, you know, mm-hmm. as I've continued on this path, it's just that's that's always what's there. It's like really our only job is to be ourselves and to meet the moment. And that's it. So yeah. um, I really, as we just started talking, I was also thinking it's interesting the way we met. And the topic we're going to talk about today about, you know, endings, and I'll let you introduce it, but just thinking about the experience we went through together as students and and in the community we were part of. And um, for me personally, I think because my path is so much to, to be with people in endings, I'm like often part of things right before they end. <laughs> So, oh, interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah, I'm like usually there like right when some things are going to go down and yeah, I'm just really feeling that and thinking about like that journey and how so many of us, you know, that's one of the endings, one of the experiences yeah. that many of us will have yeah. had that was like a, sh- a shocking end or maybe an end people weren't, you know, ready for or des- certainly desiring. So yeah, it's just something I'm thinking yeah. about as we start. 
Yeah. And, you know, I seem to like book these conversations when I need them most. And I feel like this theme of endings and we're at the year's end keeps on coming up Um, again and again. I recently had an astrology reading with a Vedic astrologer and it gave me a whole new perspective about myself and endings because it shifted a lot from my 11th house to my 12th house in that new Vedic lens. And they were talking a lot about like, you must have dealt with a lot of endings in your life, a lot of dissolving, a lot of things, you know, going away. And I always thought that was because I'm a Scorpio and Scorpios are always right. touted. And I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart of like the endings, but there might be that piece. And I've also been noticing since we decided to have this conversation, I was presented with this opportunity to think about so weird, but sunrises and sunsets. Mm. And like, I've been looking through some of these endings that I'm encountering as like a sunset, as opposed to like a chopping it off with a cleaver, which is kind of usually how I'm ending things is like a feeling like a need for control. So all that to say, it's been swirling around and I'm interested to hear your very unique perspective on all of all of this. So thanks for being the teacher today. Yeah, absolutely. My favorite topic. <laughs> My favorite topic because it's just always around. Um, I know. I know. It's like the only thing that you can expect, right? Our, I mean, that's the only thing that's that's, you know, beginnings and endings. Yeah. Um, so we've been teasing it, right? Yeah. Endings. We're talking about the endings, the alchemy of endings. So this might be a weird thing to describe, but how do you define an ending? It's something that we take for granted just to know what it is. How would you define it? Yeah. I was thinking about that right before this. And I think a really simple way to think of an ending is a form change. It's a change of form. And that can look like physically, spiritually, relationally, energetically, emotionally. Like there's all these different ways. We're really talking about a free, like a form change, right? Of energy, but energy is expressed in this dimension in so many different ways. But to me, that's what it is, is like when there's a, a, a change of form in some way, there has been an ending. Um, and I think it can be as simple as that, <laughs> you know, and, um, and as painful or as wonderful as that. Yeah. That's, so can you tell me a little bit about your personal experiences with endings? I know a little bit, but our, our audience that might not be as familiar with you. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the profound endings that you've encountered? Yeah, definitely. So I think in general, when you take the path to being like conscious and healing and just sort of like really seeking truth, like that's been my path is is about seeking truth. And so like, I went to school for journalism as a kid and then, you know, started the spiritual path and uh, learning the Akashic Records, which we'll talk more about. And just, you know, my entire adult life has been in the healing world. And I think in general, when you're choosing to really be with truth and heal a lot of things, we know that we inherit a lot of things that never ended. So I think automatically, there's obviously some like some other endings I'll bring up, but automatically, I just think anyone who's listening to this who's like a conscious person and really like wanting to live in this, what I call the story underneath the story, you get comfortable with endings because you can't, you don't tolerate staying in inherited trauma your whole life or staying in a job Mm. that you don't get to be yourself or staying in a relationship where like no one can feel you. Like by default, I just think when you're here on a path where you want to like 
get to really know yourself and and fully experience your human mission and destiny, you're going to end up having to end a lot of things. And we live in a society that really teaches you to not end things that like not ending things is a sign of strength often. Right. So I just think in general, I've just ended a lot of things because oftentimes we're the people I call my business is called soul innovator. And I, I call it that because I think the people I work with on a soul level chose to be the innovator and create some innovation in their family or their community or their career path. And so to innovate often means to help end something that needed to end. So I just find I'm often having to, to end things, even when it's not comfortable. But really, my big initiation with endings I, is that I've been around a lot of loss and death. So growing up in my family, um, my grandmother lived with us and my grandfather died in his 30s. And so like kind of I've, I have a lot of widows around me. I've really experienced a lot of loss, like all I've witnessed my mother and my grandmothers all lose their sons in my lifetime. So like I've really been around a lot of like matriarchal energy, women who had to move forward after an ending. And in my own family, um, my father and my brother both had cancer when I was in um, my adolescence, like my high school years and my college years. And that really initiated my brother and I onto our healing path. And so our dad passed away when I was in college. So that was like the huge first ending that was such a spiritual experience for me and like really kind of was the catalyst to move forward and just keep become a healer, really. Like I had been in school for music industry and journalism. And then I had this huge ending and then it created another ending, which was just like, I just had an experience where I have to go be in the rooms with people who understand this experience. Um, Cause I think things are a little different now, but like 20 years ago um, we weren't talking about the type spirituality and trauma and things like, like that wasn't like available in the mainstream world really. And I came back to college and it was just like, okay, like I just had a huge ending and like, this is not it. I am not able to process it here. So um, that began that path. And then my brother and I were on the healing path together for 15 years, working with clients, having our own businesses. And like, um, I think trying to control the moment, I realized now I was trying to control the moment more than meet the moment for sure in my career. And then my brother, very, my, my, in 2019, my grandmother who we lived with our whole life passed away. And so that was like a big matriarchal ending in our family in 2019. And then my brother very unexpectedly passed away a couple months later. So that was like the next big initiation ending for me where I had to really bring every sort of understanding, every sort of uh, identity that I had created after that big initiation ending of my dad and the kind of the hero and heroine's journey gave my brother and I had gone on and like really go through the fire again and see what stayed because I lost someone I thought, you know, when especially siblings are kind of, um, you know, they're, they were there from the beginning and the idea is that they'll be there till the end. Like they're the one sort of intimate uh, family member or life partner where they really knew, knew you the whole time. So it was like, oh my God, like it's, a, it's that moment in the movie where you're like, oh, the movie must almost be over. Cause like one of the beloved main characters just died, like, you know? And so I suddenly mm-hmm. felt very old and I felt like everything had ended. And I felt like 
the best years of my life were over. And I was 30, you know, I just turned 35. And it was like, suddenly like that, that's it for me. Um, so that was like a very big initiation ending. And that's why I love teaching so much about endings now. Um, I've had a lot of endings and I've worked with everyone who ends up working with me. Like they're, they're about to end something, but that was the big ending in the last recent time where I can never be the person again. There was like a loss of innocence. Um, my brother was a, a really powerful and renowned practitioner and he ended up dying of, of medical malpractice and something that had to do with the, the cancer many, many years previous. And so I went on a journey on, on his behalf, you know, around what happened. And uh, it's a real karmic story in our family, but that was also like, wow, like it, the, the, the ending of thinking we knew everything and we could control uh, mm. what happened and that our dad only died because we hadn't learned enough. And like that story had to end, you know, because we knew about as much as anyone could know. And this still was part of the journey of what happened. Um, and then there's been a newer ending of like not living on behalf of my brother and really living on behalf of myself, not living on behalf of my mother you know, not living on behalf of the men in the family or whoever who hasn't been here as long as I thought they needed to be and feel like, oh, they ended, it ended too soon for them. So I have to keep transmitting their frequency and their impact and realize like, no, that's okay. I can let that down now. Like they transmitted what they were, they needed to, and I've done what I needed to. And like, now I'm in an ending of like, no longer having to live on the behalf of those who have, who have left earlier than me. And um, I'm actually home back in my hometown because we're selling our family home that my mom, we moved into when I was a baby and like everyone who's passed lived here and all the memories are here and all the, the energies and the items are here. And so we're in a journey right now with like supporting my mom to let this, to let this ending happen. And I'm sure myself on some level too. So yeah, like endings have just been a big part of my life. And I told you when we had talked earlier, like there's just some parts of me that didn't come back. Like there was just such a change form, a form change from this more recent experience that it's just like getting to know the me now. And, um, and because I've been yeah. so around so much grief, I see people who live in the ending forever, but don't ever receive the ending. And so that's the work is like, we all, what I just described, many people will go through their version of that who are listening. And I think it's just like, what is the work to actually receive the ending and not just live in the experience of the loss? And that's, that's what I'm interested in, you know, talking about with people. What does that mean? Receive the ending? Like actually let it in and actually, um, actually get in touch with like the information that comes afterwards. Like, who are you when you don't get what you want? Who are you when you don't have to pretend anymore? Who are you when you do get what you want? Cause we're not just talking about sad endings. Like there's amazing experiences or people get married or they get the job they always wanted or they, you know, whatever it is, like they get sober, they, you know, they heal in some way. And it's like, who are you when you do get what you want? Um, you know, it's like, that's to me, when we really receive the ending is when we let all the layers release and we really 
get in touch with and get in relationship with the environment as it is now with ourselves as we are now with the, with the relationships as they are now. Um, and that's also when we get in touch with the endless, actually that like the paradox is like, actually nothing ends. Once we get, once we let ourselves receive the unending, we get in touch with the real essence, you know, but if we never, can receive the ending if we contract and we don't allow ourselves to get vulnerable and just open and acknowledge that there's an ending and, you know, let in, let in what's next. Like we never get the information about the current moment and we just kind of live in a cycle Mm -hmm. of constantly uh, reconnecting to the fact that there was a loss and and the lack of in our life. Mm. As you've been doing this most recent journey and you said, you know, living for yourself and not living for these other people, is there anything that you've learned about yourself that was surprising? Like, um, like a real cool, like, I don't know, surprising, uh, unveiling about yourself and who you are? Um, well, yeah, I think like, I just really learned how to be a true friend to myself. And like, so I, you know, my brother was like my lifelong best friend. So part of this for me, and maybe there's people here who have lost a friend or a friendship or a relationship to end. And it was like, oh, wow. Like I didn't give to myself very well. I really, um, we, I would often like give, give, give into the world and then collapse and then kind of have my brother sort of like reflect to me and pick me back up a little bit. Like, I mean, that was just definitely a dynamic. And so something I learned is like really how to be my own best friend and really how to um, like celebrate myself. So I'll just like notice now, like something I had to really do in the depths of the ending is like self soothe and begin to like, you know, there's just things I think when you really go through an ending where you're, where you feel like, Hey, someone else should be here to help me with this. Cause there's a lot of responsibilities I had to take on that like were no one else's responsibility, but mine. And, um, and then just having the realization of like, oh, this actually is no one else's. No one else is meant to have this. No one else is meant to suffer this. No one else is meant to receive the power that's going to come from this and the wisdom. Like, this is mine. And I'm going to learn how to um, soothe myself. And sometimes like that, that was just something I didn't have access to before. And even just like last night, I was working on this page, you know, something for my work for like hours and just it's automatic now where it's just like, Hey, this is, I'm very proud of you. Like you did. This is great. Like I really can talk to myself like a good friend out loud now. And I just feel like that is not something I had before this, uh, this loss. I did not have my own kinship like this before. Um, it's just a much easier way to, to be in life is to like, it's a cool, it's a nice concept to be your own friend. But I, I think like it's crucial to receive the endings and to actually allow things to end. The only reason we would not allow an ending that's clearly happening is if we're afraid to be with ourselves, you know, and we're afraid to be abandoned. Yeah. And, and it's like when you really can be with you and like really all the way actually be your friend, you can handle like honestly any ending that that's that's sort of what I've realized and that we're also like built for endings. 
you know, like there's something in us that is designed to withstand an ending because that's how evolution has occurred (laughs) is because eventually something ended and eventually the next uh, human or amphibian or whatever, like had to take the lead on the next way. And so like we are built for it and that's something else that I don't think I got all the way. Like even when my, my dad had passed, I was much younger. Like, um, yeah, that's something incredible that I feel like I've also realized is like, we're, we're built for it. I like wrote a book about this experience and and one of the, the, I'll just share this little piece, but like one of the experiences was I did this ceremony for my brother before his cremation. And we did this with his, some family and friends. And I kind of, you know, put together a whole, experience and it was like the last time we were going to see him and we had this like beautiful ceremony with him and then it was just I just watched each person love him so much including like my mom but like be able to leave the room like it was at a certain point you could feel the energy had peaked and like we had done what we were meant to do and also like we had received as much as we could receive and it was time to leave the room and um yeah, I was the last person in the room with him and just knew like, it's time. And I just remember being so in awe of like, wow, we, we were able to like, we know that's the last time we were ever going to see him. And like, everyone was able to do that and leave the room. And it just made me think of like in history, people who like, you know, there's just been so many uh, generations before us where they have to leave people at sea or on like a you know, a wagon trail or just all these experiences where you have to, to leave someone or let someone go. And it's just like innate in us, um, to be able to do that. That's also something I feel like I didn't get totally until this ending. Um, and it's just allowed every other ending to be possible too, because I just know like we innately have something where we, we can have any ending we need to have. Do you think the fact that we're the only beings on the planet that are aware of our mortality has anything to do with like our innate sort of uh, tolerance, I guess, to handle an ending? Is that related in any kind of way or is that something separate? Well, here's what I wonder. Do you think we are the only beings that? Ah, that's, that's an assumption. Yeah, you're right. Well, I don't know. I don't mean to be like facetious. I just wonder like, because Anne, I wonder if it's just we're the only um, beings that have conflict about it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't know for sure, but I feel like I learned somewhere that, I mean, I feel like they say that like we're the, but I don't know if that's a fact or I I, I don't, or maybe I'm, I don't know. No, I mean, listen, it's I'm pretty sure that's what they say like that that we are but I was just when you when I when I when you said that I was just thinking of how like animals will go under people's decks if they if they're like sick or know they're gonna die like I don't know I just think like no they do they we might have the only consciousness there's clearly like a evolved level of consciousness where maybe um animals are connected to like the natural life cycle where they're like, okay, like I'm powering down now and it's, it's not conflict. And I do a lot of readings for people with animals. And so, um, I don't mean, I don't know. The animals seem 
often the animals I've worked with that passed on, it was because a new, like their purpose in their, their owner, you know, that they had with their owner is completing. And like the owner is going to open to a new relationship and it's like timed with the animals passing. They're normally, when I connect with an animal, they're like, help the owner, help the owner open to love. Like that was my job with them, you know? Maybe I can rephrase the question, which is how do you think, if at all, our consciousness of knowing that we will die impacts our relationship to endings? I wonder if, do you have an opinion on that? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Sorry if I went (laughs) down a different thing, but I kind of feel like we landed at the same place, which is, yeah, like, I think we're the animal that knows it's coming. Um, Yeah. And we also like have created a lot more control over our, our existence in general than, than animals. Like we've sought out an, a lot of different ways of living. Um, yeah, I think it's that yeah. like, we don't like the unknown. That's another epigenetic thing is that the unknown is terrifying. And um, um, I also think we use en- endings as punishment in our society. So the cultural idea of though, you know, the job or the marriage or the friendship or the business didn't work out. Like, right. Like there's that thing, but even just the worst possible thing is death. Like death is considered the worst possible outcome, the worst possible thing to do to someone else, which certainly is, you know, is true that, um, that is not ours to, to create. And it's also like the worst possible punishment we bestow. Like there is just a very innate, like, nothing is worse than death. And I think it just translates to like, nothing is worse than endings. And the reason it's so bad is because we actually don't know. We can't really know until it happens. And it's the, those are the only experiences where we're like, we just can't know until we have the experience and we like to know before. Yes. Well, yeah. And also, um, many people associate endings like you were saying with something's wrong yeah like something something is wrong like if something ends so why why do you think that is why do you think we have that notion um yeah I think it's because it's like longevity and continuity is good and like you know endings are are bad and like not knowing what's next is bad um I also think like, you know, I guess there are endings that people pray for that that are positive, but I think the reason it's so hard to bring in those sort of endings, like I'm just thinking of what's going on in the world right now. And um, ending war, ending, yeah. I just think we have so much conflict with endings and and such a story of how complicated it it is to have endings and to live in the mystery of what happens after something ends that even when it's an ending we're, we're praying for, um, I just think the energy gets a little foggy about bringing it in because more often than not, we have conflict about something ending. So I'm wondering if this is a good segue to why we even started this conversation. We were just talking, you know, about what you might want to talk about on this podcast. And I thought to reach out to you because I saw something you posted on Instagram that just made me very fearful 
to be honest. Me, yeah. me personally. I'm not saying there was anything wrong with what you said. I just, it landed with me like, oh shit. <laughs> Which is something to the effect, and I don't want to misquote you, yeah. but that we are the last generation. And it was like a channeled writing that you had regarding that. Can you discuss that, your thought process and like what came through for you? Yeah, def- definitely. And um, yeah, it's a message I've been getting for like the last four or five months more strongly. And also some other people had that reaction to it. Some people, I think I told you, like some people are like, oh, I'm getting that message too, or that makes sense. And then some people are like really disdained, like they don't, that that really was a triggering thought. And I think that's probably unique to like everyone's journey with what what that conjures up for them. The idea of being sure. of that. But what I've really just been getting is that we're the last generations that are going to live this way on the planet. And and what I mean and, and what I'm feeling with that is just like we know we're at the end of a certain way. Like we have taken um cultural ideas and and infrastructures and uh ways of organizing people and natural resources of the planet and technology and we have just turned it up to 11 and like ridden it into ridden it into the ground like th- we're living in a way that just everybody knows like yeah like something really has to change like too many people are way too depressed too many people are disconnected from humanity too like too many people are violent you know you know what i mean like no, like and and I know like there's studies that say this is actually the least violent time on the planet, but like this, I would say this is the most senseless violence, like at least in history, I think people were violent because that was what the only thing they saw is as possible for survival. People are just insane right now. Like, and I just feel like that's, that's really what I mean is like, we're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, like the unsustainability and the disconnection and the um, anguish people are having while having so many of their, their physical needs actually handled um, that, that need that we can't live this way. This is not the agreement humanity made about living on planet earth. Um, We certainly Mm -hmm. didn't make an agreement to never have suffering or never have endings, but like, things have gone sideways. And so that's like the really strong message I get. I don't know. This isn't like a doomsday prophecy. Um, although I don't know, it may be that the earth needs a, a, needs a moment with, you know, the earth might need a moment to recalibrate. I don't think that means the end of humanity. That's not the sense I get. Not that I'm the end all be all for anyone's, you know, I'm just, I just receive what I receive to, to share um, I don't think it's the end of humanity. I think it's the end of humanity living like this. And we have inherited so many traumas. We all understand that now, that it's in the tissue, that it's in the epigenetics, that they've done studies of people's lineages and ancestry and the way we are living out things that happened many generations before us. And there has to be, I'm just going to use like, the word that's in the culture right now of ceasefire. It's like, what does that actually look like? What does that actually look like to just stop? And there's so many endings and ceasefires that have so many different threads 
and, and so are so intricate. But I think like where we can start if we want to create a tipping point is like to look at the our own endings, our own um, ceasefire to use that that word right now and just see like where are we overcomplicating things? Where are we selling ourselves short? I just know that any ending I, or even just, I work with lots of people where they tell me like, well, if this happens, I don't know what I'll do. And the truth is, is that the cost of admission for the transformation they came to me to work on is probably that ending usually. And it's like, I've never seen someone not be able to end if it needs to end. And so Mm -hmm. I just feel like we're the end, the last generation. It's like, we're the generation that needs to, to stop. And it can start with our own, our own things that we know we're clinging on to. We're still saying there needs to be closure. We're still saying uh, we are, we need to be, stay victimized by this thing that happened. And like we the you know like we need to look at the smaller versions of ceasefire in our internal world and landscape, and then send it outwards. And so it might just be that the message of we're the last generations on the planet to live like this might just be like, Oh yeah. Like this, this genetic thing that's been going for this many generations, like it stops here. It it could actually stop here. We're actually the ones meant to, to stop it. Um, so that's, Mm -hmm. that's like the message, but yeah, I, I think it can, it can land or activate all types of things depending on like our personal, uh, journey of like why we're here and what we're healing and working on and what we're meant to do. And, and also like what endings have meant for us. Some people have a really great association with endings where endings were the greatest thing that ever happened to them. And, and many of us, I do a lot of classes on endings and disappointments, like how to alchemize disappointment. Cause I think many of us have a, a feeling of danger or disappointment with endings yeah. And I think that I, I'd heavily relate to that, a sense of disappointment or shame or being, it's really being perceived as a failure. It's not even my belief that it's a failure, but it's the fear of the perception or the identity that I was holding so strong as a success being tarnished. Like yeah. all of that goes into it to, for for oh. me for certain endings. Endings are so embarrassing <laughs> so often <laughs> I totally I just saw a video last night on TikTok of this woman who was like we have to learn how to be embarrassed because like we inherited embarrassment and shame to protect us uh back when we had to live in more of a like tribal way and so like we are just naturally embarrassed by so many things that actually will give us what we want um and I just can tell you, like, the, the experience of the endings of that I was talking about before, like, just with my whole lifestyle and my brother and everything that happened, like, I was so embarrassed, even though it was, like, a tragedy and most people were very, like, wow, you really moved through that with grace or, you know, it was, like, it's been so embarrassing. I've, I, I've really had to mm. heal the way I feel felt embarrassed about being traumatized and knowing that it was so obvious I was in so much pain and knowing it was so obvious that I didn't have the same sort of like success flowing in my life 
And, you know, like it was really embarrassing, even though like it was like nothing to be. I'm sure people had compassion for me and weren't like, you know, judging me. But there is just something very embarrassing about losing control of the narrative. Yes. Yeah. And control is something we'll discuss, too. I I think it took me a long time to realize that, in my opinion, control is an illusion. And I realized that actually during COVID, when COVID struck and like everything went to shit and everything halted and every part of my life halted, I realized I actually have zero control, period. Like, this is not a real thing to me. It's like, this is control is, is fake. I don't know. Do you think, cause part of what you teach is like how to feel like, or to have control through the endings. But I guess my, my challenge to you is like, is that even a real thing? Is control a figment of our imagination? Well, I think like we can, the only, well, okay. I'm actually going to bring it to something like well, I'm going to add something to this, which is just basically the idea of okay. like, I think why we want control, I, ironically, can, why we want control is we want freedom, you know, and it's like, mm. free, we feel like we'll have freedom when we have control of our situation. And when we have control of like our resources and what's happening in our life. And I just feel like we've taught, we've been taught that freedom comes from so many things that we actually can't control and that are very fluctuating, like how we look and our relationships and our work and our money and our family and our health. And like, there's just so many things that we're like, if you can control that, you'll have freedom. And they're all so fluctuating for reasons that aren't wrong. We didn't do anything wrong, you know, like, and also like endings, like it's all so natural. It's so natural to for something to conclude. That's what it is to be alive is for something to end. And so I just feel like the only real freedom we have, the only real control we have, because I'm just going to put them together because I just feel like they are together for us, is like knowing what's true in the moment, you know? And so Mm -hmm. if we can moment to moment connect with like actually what's true for our feelings, what's true in the moment, like what are what's actually happening for us and like what we actually see and feel and learning to be an accurate narrator like writing a memoir was so interesting the last couple years because it's taken me two years to write this book because I really couldn't be an accurate narrator yet and I had to really think about is this the story I want to tell that's going to live in a book like or is this my cathartic time where I need to shed some layers you know So I just feel like truth is the best way to have control because it's incontrovertible, even if it takes, even if it takes time to get there. So I just feel like that's actually what we have. And if we're not being honest with an ending, if we're, if we're in denial or we are skipping over an ending, because endings are high sensation. Like that was something I really tuned into for whoever's going to listen was important today is that if you are challenged by an ending it's because the 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 feeling and the sensation of an ending is so intense and um we sometimes want to disassociate or be like oh that ended what why is this coming up again like people are always so we all get so embarrassed when like something comes up to be healed again because we're like oh no that ended like i broke up with that person 20 years ago like no 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 you know and it's just like 
we will really not let ourselves have the gift of an ending. Um, and so mm. that's like, I don't know, for me, control gets woven into truth, which gets woven into freedom and which gets ro- woven into what we're actually trying to create by trying to control, which is just like to just know, to just like know where we are and what's happening and like who we are. That's, we all actually just want that. And we've been taught like, you know, we've been taught we get it through this way, maybe by the culture or maybe by our previous lifetimes or by our family or what, however it is. Does that make sense there? It does. And I have a follow-up question because I have a very practical mind as well. So I love what you're saying. And I'm going to listen back to this as the, you're just, I feel like I'm getting a reading. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> However, more practically, when you say be an accurate narrator, which is beautifully said and very succinct, and I get it, yeah. and to see the truth in the moment, practically, if you're if someone's like, yes, I want to take that on, that feels like my work. Is it watching yourself in a, an objective place and just like calling out the facts? Like, uh, you know, I'm sitting here in New York City wearing a, you know what I mean? Or is there more nuance to it? Like, what would be a practice that would bring that forward in the moment for someone that's never even tried? Okay. Well, I think, you know, what's coming up to say in this moment, which is actually something my brother used to do, which is really good, is if someone's kind of spinning, is just to interject and be like, what do you want? What do you want? And just like, that ooh, that just like stops people in their tracks and I love doing this in group programs like everyone goes numb no everyone's like what's going on like that I feel like um when you're not sure you're an accurate narrator it's because you're typically not in touch with what you want and so like space sometimes we're not telling the truth or we're not um in touch with what's true because we're not in in touch with what we want, which was maybe like an apology, you know, or maybe like attention, attention, or maybe like, um, Oh, I just didn't get to tell anyone. Like it's such an amazing experience to write the first thing, the woman who, who like I hired someone to help me, you know, get the memoir out of my body the first thing she had me do is write 200 impactful memories that I've never shared with anyone. And it's like, I just feel like everybody should do that. We've all had such beautiful little moments of grace that no one else knows about. And like, it's so cool to just put them on paper and and let them be the scene that they were for us. But yeah, I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's what's coming to me. I'm sure there's other things to say, but the thing that I feel when you and I are talking right now is just like, if you can get in touch with what you want and be a good enough friend to yourself to not to have approval for what you want, because like there's always a good reason, even if you want to do it differently, there's always a good reason to want what you want. And like if you can't first get in touch with what you you want in this moment, even if you want that to change or it's going to change, you won't know why you're telling the story you're telling. Um, mm. We could get into all types of like the victim persecutor rescuer triangle. Like there's all different ways we tell from the perspective we tell things, but I just feel 
none of that is relevant yet. If you aren't in touch with what do you want, and then you're just going to get so much clarity on whether or not you're being accurate because first you need to have permission yeah. for why. Does that make, yeah. does that kind of, yeah, it? that does. Yeah. It, what, what you're reminding me of, this is like a, a personal story, but um, I went to therapy for many, many years and I was, you know, I wanted up my ending was divorce a few years ago and I haven't right. spoken publicly to this community about it, but I went to therapy for many, many years. And part of going to therapy is sort of recounting your story of your marriage and like this person. And then one time my former husband came into therapy with me and my therapist got to experience him and, you know, see how we in- interacted or whatever. And I'm not saying I was saying bad things about it him but I was you know through the years sharing my experiences and my challenges of course and then the next session I came I came back and she said she's like this almost never happens but I I feel like you were very accurate and unbiased in how you've been sharing what's going on based on actually meeting the person like oftentimes the person that will sit down after years of therapy is so beyond different than the person that's been the, the person in therapy has been explaining it and that just reminded me of like, okay, maybe I can give myself credit for being a little bit of an accurate narrator. You know, we're not trying to drag someone through the mud. I'm just like sharing an account of my experience and trying to gain tools to navigate it honestly, you know? Yeah. I can like really feel the relief in that moment of just like really, yes, like I can, it's okay to feel the way I've felt like I am, I am in reality. And like, I think you bring up another really great part point or a really great way to become an accurate narrator is like getting some sort of support around the story. So like therapy was so helpful for me too, or like working with a coach or a healer or a reader or, you know, working with someone on the writing of, you know, in this case, I had this book doula, that's what she's called. She like helps you birth a book. I just feel like that's, that's so validating and so healing and like, and right. first just giving you validation for it. Cause I think therapists are really good at letting someone be validated in whatever story they're telling, you know, like that's what's so hard. I, I would think about being mm-hmm. a therapist. Like when you're a coach, you can be like, no, but when you're, I just found therapists really have to meet you where you are in the, in the narration of that time. And um, yeah, but it's sure. so healing when like, you get the feedback of, um, you know, that you're, you're in, you're in touch, you're in touch with what's happening and and you're not gaslighting yourself. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And like, wow. Yeah. And just like the, um, the commitment to respect your relationship you, you had to have with your, you know, ex-husband to, to be that accurate. Like that's, that's something to really be proud of. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Allie. Yeah. So before we get into like the this latter part of the session where you're going to actually do some Akashic work with us, is there anything else you'd like to say just to help wrap up this path to the acceptance or receiving the end? Um, Just that there's no right way to do it. That's what I'm feeling mm. is just like, it's very natural many natural things are very messy. I'm just thinking of childbirth right now. Like, you know, just that, like, it doesn't have to be clean. It, it can be, it can be messy and emotional. Um, I think we oftentimes put a time limit that something has to take a very long time or a very short time. It's just like, 
there's no right way as long as you're just being your own friend and staying in touch with the truth, you know, like just that. Um, yeah. Like, I think we wait until things are perfect before we let, I just think of people who stay in their job. I just know people who have been miserable in very high paying jobs for many years. And like, this is the year that I can end. And it's, just, you know, you can just do that forever. So don't be afraid yeah. to make it, make a mess. You can always, you can always repair. And if you can't repair, then that was part of the ending. That's, that's what I say. Like, you know, like that's, there's, there's a place to repair or there's a place to just let it be. And like, don't, don't mm. not end something or don't be, resist what's already, some of us, we can't, res we, we're not in control. It's happening and it's okay. If it's ending, it's, then you can handle it. We're, we are built to handle endings. Yeah. I've got to keep reminding myself that we are built to handle endings. It's, that's been a theme through this conversation that I think is very a validating affirmation, you know? Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. Cause I think we think like we don't have it. It's like, we are born to end like we are we are born with that innate skill the way we we're born to like do everything else our human body and brain and you know has the capacity to do so we always leave people with an exercise or a tip and in this case when i invited you you know what would you like to share you said that you were going to sort of open the akashic records and give this listening group yeah, a specific message. So before you do that, is there a succinct kind of quick way that you can explain for those who don't know what yes. the Akashic Records are? Okay. Yes. Okay. So the Akashic Records is like a psychic, ethereal, energetic tool. It's like an energetic field that we're connecting with. But the way I, um, the way I describe it to people is think of it as the universe has a supercomputer and everything on this computer has a file. So like us talking today has a file and anything you can conceive of vibrationally, a home, a project, an art, a family, um, a book. I, I mean, just, it's absolutely endless. Anything that your mind can conceive of, which is kind of like anything you can type into the internet has a file in this universal supercomputer. And I open the records with like an access code, which is an Akashic prayer. And the frequency, the sound current of that prayer is like the access code to the supercomputer. And then there's guides and guardians who are like the managers of the computer. And they're like mentoring. I, I find it to be a mentorship. And so, okay, we open a file of what, what is, would be most helpful for anyone listening to this podcast today. Like this podcast has a file. And so I'm going to receive some energy and it's not everything possible about us or this podcast. It's about what's relevant. And then that's translated into words and sounds and energies. And I often also will bring in breath and that's how like you breathe in the frequencies. Um, so that's like the experience of the Akashic records. It's like a psychic, energetic, healing, meditative experience. Um, but it's really an energy field that we're tapping into and it's an energy field that we ch we choose to be mentored by. So it's not, and I know, I feel like that's how you are with, with tarot. Like, it's like, you're not like, give me what I want. It's like, here's what you're receiving from the cards. And, mm -hmm. and so that's the same sort of thing with this energy. Like we receive 
what's relevant. And if we don't know if it's relevant yet, like we'll, we'll have to see at some point, you know, like it, in my experience working with thousands of people, it's always relevant at some point, usually in real time, but sometimes later on. Okay. And you haven't opened the records yet, but I'm wondering, like, I'm feeling an energy shift already. Is that possible? Is there like a, yeah, like a yeah. It's just like always, there's always, I mean, I just, my mentorship with this energy is that we're just all hanging out all the time. You know, it's, it's truly how I do everything. Like it's how I do, it's how I create everything. It's, I mean, yeah. So the, the energy is really, you know, that's just, I just work with it constantly, you know, it's, 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 um, it's always here. And especially like we're calling it in. Um, we're calling it in right now, even as we like talk of it, it's like, okay, like we're, we're really bringing it in into the field here. Um, so yeah, opening the records is just a cool experience, but the, it's, the energy is, is here always with us. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Well, let's do it. Are you ready? So I'm going to invite you and everybody listening to just close your eyes here. So what I find often happens here is we, we, we drop into the field and now it's like, we start to do like almost like an energetic chiropractic adjustment. So it's almost like I'm adjusting the field before we open the records. And so the first thing I feel and see here is I see the energy of grandmother. So it, it could be your grandmother, Kelly, but also I feel everyone here. It's like the energy of the matriarch. And she's coming in and I want you to picture now these images are a frequency. So I want you to picture the energy of grandmother. And if you don't have a great relationship with a grandmother, picture just like a wise old crone, because really what we're calling in right now is the energy of crone. And what is, what do the crones do? Do we, we know what the crones do? The crones are, you know, the, God, the, the, the women of endings, the women who know how to let something die and go. So I want you to feel grandmother and or and or the energy of like a wise and beautiful crone. And I want you to picture her hand on your heart. And she's just sending you love. And so I'm going to invite you and everybody here just breathe in the energy of this beautiful grandmother crone hand on your heart. Ah, oh, she's just transmitting so much love. And then the frequency of forgiveness and the frequency of freedom, breathe that in, breathing in the energy of the grandmother, breathing it in, exhaling out. And we're bringing that into the heart. We're bringing that love, the crone love. We're in the crone zone. We're bringing that into the front of the heart and also into the back of the heart. And when I'm brought to the back of the heart, it's because it's vulnerable. That's like a language for me with the body. So like. The, the the grandmother is just inviting you to lower your shoulders, relax your chest, and let go of anything you've repressed in your body because it would have been too vulnerable to share. And the, the word I hear here is like failure. Like there's all these little micro things we all hold in, even in like conversations we might not even remember or I'm also feeling middle school here like just all those little moments where we don't let our energy and our expression move freely and we're just the crone is here with love the grandmother is here with love and she's just inviting you to receive this love bringing it into the heart and as you exhale out here just clearing and releasing anything that you've repressed 
anything that really needed to be uh, let go of, anything that really needed to end that has been ricocheting through the body, waiting to let go, waiting to be released. And sometimes we won't release things because, uh, again, they're like correlated with the idea of failure. And so we're just clearing and releasing from all personalities, lifetimes, and dimensions, any stagnant energy, old energy, hurt energy that we correlated with our own failure and we've held inside of our body consciously or unconsciously. We release it now, feeling all this love, feeling all the freedom and the forgiveness and the space and the possibility to release this now. And so I'm just going to go quiet here for a second, just working with the energy field of the Akasha as we let all of this go, beginning to see, um, <laughs> I see like a pathway of grandmothers and crones and they're like uh, a gauntlet. It's like a crone grandma gauntlet and there's a pathway in between them. And it's just like, Everything that had to release is on this pathway. And so um, whenever you're listening to this live or recorded, we're just letting it go. And it's just going down the pathway to the end. Let's stay here for a few breaths. And I see just like a dark, uh, not in a bad way, but it's just like a, a big energy of like the end. It's like a, a dark uh, color, but it's not bad. It's just the void, you know? And this is almost like showing up as a being or a presence and it's just taking all this energy and just bringing it into the void. And I want you to just breathe in this image of anything that you've held inside so afraid that it meant something wrong was with you. And now it's gone. It's, it's being released and it's just going into the vo void and you are free. You are free. Breathing that in. Exhaling out, letting that move down through the legs, out through the feet. letting the shoulders drop. And now I'm just going to share the Akashic prayer so you have the experience of this prayer. And each Akashic teacher has a different prayer. So this was the prayer that was in my own Akashic record as I started to really work with my own record. And so we're opening the records with each breath that we take. And the door between worlds is ceasing to exist. And just taking a few breaths here, feeling the, the frequency of childhood, feeling the energy of innocence. And that is a very important frequency for anyone who's here. So just breathing in, I just see children playing and just like coming back to like childhood. There's something here, just breathing that in, exhaling out, letting that down, move down through the arms. Um, we're calling upon the guides, the guardians, the teachers of the Akasha to be here now. And the intention um, together, oh, I see. So it's like we're in this energy of ending and the intention the guides and guardians have with us is children safe, children, safety for children everywhere. That like we are all collectively healing our own inner children and in doing so like we also raise the frequency for 
the the highest intention, which is children are safe everywhere, safety for children everywhere. And so just feeling the guides and guardians coming forward, maybe calling upon your own guides and guardians, and we're just holding that intention, like our children are safe, our inner children are safe, children all over the world, children, safety for children everywhere. That's the frequency. And so we're just breathing that in that we can hold the frequency of the ending that results in safety for children everywhere, including ourselves, including our children. And we're also calling upon the soul lineage of myself, Allie as a holder and facilitator with the records. And so I'm calling upon the aspects of my lineage on a soul level from all timelines and dimensions that are is most helpful in this moment. And so I'm just breathing that in and um, today it feels very like intergalactic and just just very much like it's bigger than this earth, you know, like that there is a connection to other planets and other realms. And I'm just feeling that. And now I'm calling upon the soul lineage of each person who is here live and recorded in their fullest expression of trust. That's the most important thing that I feel here right now is um, for whatever reason you were here to be part of this ending class today, like the, the part of you we need most for you to have the outcome you want is the part of you that can most fully express trust while living on earth, not while meditating, <laughs> while living on earth. So we're just calling upon you from every lifetime where you had to have a deep relationship of trusting the earth. I'm seeing many lifetimes of like working the land, maybe being a farmer or living in a, in a timeline where, you know, that's where the food came from was your land. And I just want you to connect with trusting the planet, breathing that in, exhaling out, letting the energy of, I trust the planet move through your body and feel whatever needed to release because as you really bring in the, the, the energy of trusting the planet, you also let go of the, the, the opposite. And so if you trust the planet, you can trust the ending. You can trust what needs to end in your life, what needs to end on this earth. You can trust that so that you can open to what comes after that. We're opening the Akashic vibrational record of today, of the energy of this podcast, what we were meant to do. And I just really feel like this is a healing for children. It's not even where we went in our conversation, but it's in the field with us. It's healing something for all of us. And it's really the most important work that we are coming together. People are coming together right now because of children. That is that that is what is actually organizing us right now is safety for children and that desire. Working together with love and integrity, the greatest possible outcome, the highest possible good for everybody who is here right now and for uh, listening live or recorded and for all of those who are connected to the stories of our soul. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, yes, yes. The records are open. And just taking a few breaths here before we close the records, because today we're just, we're, we've been in the field and we're also just like receiving the frequency with the prayer. But I want you to just take a moment and just feel yourself floating in outer space just for a moment. 
the the frequency, especially after the full moon last night, is really just about zooming out and not not getting so in it that you lose perspective. You lose the perspective that gives you your freedom. So breathing in here, breathing in the energy of floating and looking down, seeing earth. And before we close the records, looking down, seeing earth and making the decision of how you want to participate with your life on planet earth. Breathe that in. How do you want to participate with your life on planet Earth? Exhale out. Let that move deeply into the pelvis. Beautiful. And now we're just dropping down gently onto planet Earth. Notice that you're dropping into your favorite nature or your favorite place on planet Earth. Just drop in. Breathing that in. Knowing that whatever we needed to clear and release, we've cleared and released. It's done. Knowing that whatever we needed to receive and bring in is with us now permanently. You get to work with this energy however long you'd like to. May it work with you gently. And I'm just sending gratitude to the guides and guardians of the Akasha, to the elements of the earth, to the technology that brings us together, to Kelly for uh, coordinating this experience today and for the teachers. I'm, I am seeing uh, Guru Jagat just the energies that brought us together to this moment and any gratitude you're feeling right now, just let yourself tune into that. Breathe it in. Let it all the way into your body. Let it in. Let it in. This is how we receive, right? We receive everything. We just let it in, let go, let it in. Knowing that the work will continue beyond this time. We're always connected by heart. But for now, we'll breathe back into existence, the door between worlds, and the records are closed, and so it is. And so just taking a few breaths here, gently, gently coming out of the space because you just did some work and you also just let a lot in and you let a lot go. So gently coming back, tapping your body. Blinking your eyes and just noticing where your hands want to go on your body right now and just like be there for a moment. And then when we're ready, Kelly, coming back into the conversation when you're ready. Thank you, Allie. That was so lovely. Yeah, I really like where that went. It was like really. It was surprising. That's and that's like the mentorship of the of the records. It's like intellectually, that's not what I was what I was thinking. But then it's like that's actually completely what I think this whole emphasis on endings is actually about. And so Mm. it's like surrendering into like. When we want it, when we tap in, we'll tap into what's relevant. And then just the realization of how relevant it is, is always, um, it's always like a, it's very healing to just remember, like, we don't have to have it all figured out. Like there's energies that are here to help us. Mm. Well, thank you. That's a beautiful 
uh, way to close. <laughs> yeah. uh, would you mind sharing just where people can find you? And I know you have uh, something upcoming that people can join and do yeah. some group work with you related to endings. I'd love yes. to hear it. Great. So I think the easiest way right now to find me would be Instagram, which is Ali Reina. So A-L-E-E-R-E-I-N-A. And I do think this is coming out in December. So I um, want to share if you liked this experience of the conversation and like the energy. Um, I, I created a little package called Seasons Healing. And it's really just three of the times people really love doing the Akashic ceremony work with me and is for the winter solstice, the end of year and the beginning of the year. So I put together something where we'll come together in the Akashic field and it's an individual experience, but also a collective healing experience. And there's space to, to work together and then also to work on your own personal desires. And like, we'll just receive the frequency from the records of the solstice and then work with the ending of 2023 and then like open into the energy of 2024 very intentionally like what's actually true for me this year um so yeah it's going to be like a cool little three-parter so if you find me on instagram um you'll see it on there and i'm offering like a little special sale on it right now so um yeah that would be a good way to connect great yeah, yeah. and we'll put it in the show notes so people thank can you so much kelly and find you well thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and uh just the I feel like you just gave me a blessing so thank you for that and for everyone else that's listening thank you yeah thank you for tuning in guys and join us next week every Monday we're going to be having another interview with another expert talking about another juicy topic like we did today with Ali so thanks so much and uh, we will see you next time thank you Thank you for listening to Moonday Mystic by Modern Mystic Shop. Moonday Mystic is hosted and created by Kelly Knight, produced by Ariel Duncan, and inspired by magical listeners like you.